And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Um, how's the audio for you? It's good. It's clean. <sighs> tight, tight, tight. That's good. Let's talk, uh, I want to talk your newest creation of the Puffco stand. Huh. Word. So, like, yeah, man. you were just smoking and looked at Clay and thought, I want to make a stand? What the hell happened? Um, I fucking, you know, Puffco's been really good to me. They sent me a free pro, you know, like, I got this fucking pretty nice little expensive unit they just gave me for free for my crusty last year and um i mean just like anything you go and join fucking facebook groups and uh i joined some and uh yeah people make bases so i was just like they, they make 3d printed bases like okay. fucking like 3d printed where they still have the print lines it's all fucking screwy at the bottom and I bought one just to see what it was all about. And as soon as I had it in my hands, I was like, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I came along and uh, now I'm just making those for folks. And um, it's going pretty good so far. Uh, I'm getting some out to the Puffco uh, people in the Puffco scene. Uh, and some, you know, it's been getting, it's, it's fucking funny, man. I've had a few, like a week and a half and they just, they're doing good. Yeah. Which is rad because it's a whole, it takes it like when I saw it, it was just a different, I don't even know how to describe it. Like you're taking your skills of building and molding and casting and everything and taking it into another realm that is just as rad and it's like doing just as well. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, the the like, the the stoner community—they're used to fucking dropping an arm and a leg on you know some glass, you know, like shit. This one kid that like worked with me for a few months in the summer a few years back, this jackass dropped three hundred dollars on a fucking glass pencil. Like, it's literally just a goddamn purple pencil of glass. Yeah, and that was three hundred dollars. And like, sure, I appreciate the like work and everything that goes into it, but like. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. So yeah, the shit that I do, I'm just like, okay, like they're not gonna bat an eyelash at this, and it's way fucking cool, and it's not like the normal shit because everybody in that game they all work in glass, and there's only so much you can do with glass, you know, man. Yeah. So uh, I mean, how big is this Puffco community? I'm not into the into that whole scene, but how big would you shit. say it is? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm not really too, like I just told you, I joined a few days or weeks ago or whatever, and then saw the posts or the, uh, about the bases and stuff. I mean, it must be pretty big. The guy's putting on like the, the guy who runs it, Roger, um, he just, they put up some crazy posts. They're doing some, 
event taking over downtown LA somewhere. Right. All you got to do for admission is have a fucking Puffco peak. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you got to go check it out, man. Like food trucks, like legit, like top tier musicians, all this stuff. And they're doing that. So I, I think they have a pretty big community, you know? Yeah. Damn. That's rad. That I love when places do that and like the exclusivity of that, especially if it's a good product. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with them, man. They're like fucking iPhones. Like every time they drop a new one, <laughs> legitimately it was like night and day from the other one that you thought was like the most innovative shit ever. And then they drop something else that makes it look caveman steez. And like, I, they're, they're, they're an awesome company. I really appreciate what they do. Yeah. Rad. So I saw another figure you dropped. This is what I'm stoked about. This is part two, and it's going to be a bonus episode. So I kind of get to just talk about like the figures that I've seen dropped lately as well. You did a like a werewolf type. I love so it. Big Red Wolf came out in like 2015 or 16 or something. Yeah. He's featured in the Mastercasters documentary you might have seen. Yeah. If you haven't, I'd check it out. Um, so I just posted him up because I found one that I uh, just like threw him together really quick and posted him up but yeah big red wolf's an old character and um working on getting some new uh sculpts done of him pretty soon and re-releasing him but uh yeah he's he's part of the whole uh, universe with you know big red wolf uh duck man professor waffles Slaughterbot, you know uh a few other random characters you know dude my yeah. fucking library of weirdos as opposed to like other shit that i've done with like crusties or whatever did you find the mold and just start remolding them? I found the pieces, dude. Okay. I, I seriously, like I've had such a chaotic, like last couple of years that all of it, like a project going and then have to move or something or something goes wrong with my studio or whatever's going on and shit just got packed up and like lost. And like, you know, like when I was putting up those slaughter bots, I was selling, you know, the, the miscast slaughter bots that I gave the titty fresh paint jobs to yeah. Those were all like vintage casts from like 2016, 2008. 17 or something like that but i just like first of all they were like a little funny you know and at the time i didn't feel comfortable putting out stuff that wasn't flawless and secondly they just kind of got lost in you know the shuffle so when i found them i was like hey i can clean these up and you know my my uh there might be a little flaws here and there but my paint skills are beautiful enough that it's going to make up for it and there's enough people that want slaughter bots that they're going to be psyched on this you know and I, I gave them a good deal on those those were like only 65 like hand painted you know shipped that's that's a fucking deal. Yeah. What were they when they originally came out? Were they 65 or higher? Uh, no, they were less. Um, they were, uh, let's see, back in the day, I think the first version of them were like $40 or something. Because oh, like I was starting out, you know, and you just don't know how to properly like value and price your work. Because, um, you know, dude, I just didn't really know what the fuck to value my work at at the time. So I greatly undervalued it and like these days i'm gonna put out a packaged painted slaughter bot dude that's gonna be like a bill you know it's gonna be yeah. like 100 bucks man it's like time energy precision packaging slaughter bot you know it, it just it is what it is um so yeah folks are getting the hookup with the 65 shift you know without the packaging and a few little divots and funky shit here and there but yeah yeah, so that brings up two things I want to talk about. But one, I think I saw a shirt with the whole Slaughterbot like image printed on it. Mm -hmm. Rat. That looks like a comic book character. Like it needs to be a comic book, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and that one was that was really cool. That's when um, me and Steve Nazar, the TNC Surf Designs uh, character creator, that's when we were buddies. And um, when I first hit him up initially, uh, and that was how we became friends. I, you know, I really liked his art. I still like his art. Like, you know, whatever. I think his art's great. Um, I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, dude, I got this character. I want you to do the package art." And um, you're the artist and I'm a fan of your art. So you just do whatever the fuck you want. And I'm going to appreciate it when it's yeah. done your way. And he checked with me at least three different times um, in different ways uh, for about a week or two or something like that with emails when we were communicating and get payment and everything. He kept on making sure that it really meant like do whatever the fuck you want. And that's what I got because you give an artist who's a super talented artist that you're a fan of their work what the fuck are you doing art directing? Like if you, if you can art direct, you might as well damn, you know, uh, what you call it, do it yourself. So in this case, it's just like, Hey dude, you're you, I'm a fan. Whatever you do is going to be perfect. And it came out, like you said, it looks fucking iconic. Yeah. And it is. It's fucking insanely beautiful. So yeah, it's, uh, I'm psyched on that. Um, plan on getting a sculpt made of that version eventually, you know? Yeah. It was, so I looked at the shirt and the shirt, whatever image i can't fully remember what it was but whatever image i was looking at was so good that i thought that it was something and that you had made the figure of that instead of the other way around it was that like such a good looking shirt oh yeah yeah i mean the art is just bananas he he just went off i mean yo you give a super talented artist like free reign when they're generally used to committee and bullshit with their art and like having to get approval and some some jackass that came in write their name right you know with straight lines telling them what to do with his art like nah not so much but if you give someone free reign and they're not used to it you're gonna get some amazing fucking results yeah like i don't know i was something i was really lucky about like when i was young and started getting tattooed like at 18 like my first artist like just hammered it into my head that like just let a tattoo artist and that equates to pretty much any artist who's like good at what they do just let the fucking artist do what they're going to do and you're going to get the best results you can so like early on like someone who i respected and looked up to and appreciated their art he's like you're you know just if you're going to someone you don't tell them what to do you're going to them for what they do so you let them do it and it's going to give you the best possible like piece you can get you know and that's true man you only psych motherfuckers out when you're like whatever you want to do dude and they, they kind of get this funny look in their eyes because they get excited and they're like, no, 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 no. Lucy with a football, you're going to fucking pull that at the last minute. It's like, no, dude, for real, whatever you want to do. And then it's radical. Dude, you, it's just good times. So like with anything, dude, even as a fucking architect, I don't know. Like you got some ideas? No, dude, let them do it. Here's my budget. Here's some houses you've made in the past that I dig. Get crazy. You know, you got to trust an artist for their art. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that a lot. I do that with tattoo artists uh, whenever I can. Like, I'll just say like, hey, I kind of was thinking this idea, but you do it in whatever the fuck you want to do. Exactly. I mean, you, you can't just be like, hey, dude, imagine something. It's like, yeah. okay, I, I, you know, like, I want a rabbit with a fucking space helmet and ostrich legs get to yeah. town, you know, and it's just like, it gets loco, you know, and what they do in between and how they interpret that and what it is like could be a rabbit with a space helmet has ostrich legs coming off the top you know it's just like there's so many different ways to interpret and do things so it's fun yeah you just give them a basic idea and let them whip it up yeah i want to go back a little bit you had talked about valuation 
of your art. And mm-hmm. I think that that is, that is an insight that so many people need. And I want to hear what your process was. So in the beginning, you said you didn't value your art at what it would have been or should have been. And well, yeah. so what, how did you come to terms with um, what it is now or like reconcile all those things? What does that look like for you? There's only so many different times you're toiling over like 50, 60 pieces uh, at the last minute deadline. And you're just like, motherfucker, I am just not paying myself well enough for this stress and energy. (laughs) And like all the blood that's coming out of my fingers right now, that's just, I need to reevaluate this shit. I got to talk to the boss and talk about a raise because this is fucked right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, it takes time uh, to... it takes time what the fuck do i know for other people it took me time uh to um figure out what my stuff was worth and like how many years i was just kind of like oh maybe that's just the grind and eventually it was like no that's not the grind that kind of sucks like up your prices and no one batted an eyelash at me you know and uh i'm super grateful for that um and it's just for me personally, like I said, I was just fucking cutting my goddamn fingers too many times of bleeding all over these pieces, losing sleep, stressing out. And it just wasn't like, it's super rewarding to make toys either way. But like, dude, at the end of the day, I got to keep my fucking lights on. So like, yeah. it was also like, I got to um, feel better about how this is all, you know, panning out when I take it to the bank. So, I mean, it just took me a few years. And also, um, if you stick around, you'll see, like, dude, there are so many motherfuckers that come and go so quick, man. Like, generally, it's a six to, like, two years, six months, two years, maybe three years if you're a real clinger. But generally, they're fucking gone. By so it's really hard, like, for, like, people to value, figure out their value because they don't even stick around long enough to really establish themselves and give themselves value, you know? Yeah. Cause if you're like a, a longtime collector in this stuff, like sure it's cool stuff and all, but like how much are you going to invest in a new artist when you're not sure how much they're actually going to put out? And then like you'll collect some of their cool stuff you, they put out, but are you going to collect all of it? Because Hey, you might just be dropping a bunch of bucks in this a set that just ends, you know, and never even is finished. Yeah. So, I don't know, man, like how other people figure out what works for them that, you know, it, first of all, it's, I think just managing to stick around for like many years and going through the bullshit involved with it and just realizing, Hey, I could probably ask more, or there's some people I could think of that, like, even like I did a collaboration with this cat and he started selling these toys that I painted. I painted the toys and he started selling for more than I sell my painted unpackaged stuff. And in his case, I don't think a single one of those things is sold and it's been, I don't know, two months or something. And I feel sorry for him, but like you also need to establish some kind of audience too, to like give yourself yeah. some value. You can't just be like, Hey dude, Ron English charges this. And uh, I started <laughs> making shit like four weeks ago. So same prices, it just doesn't work. Um, so at the same time, you can't just be like coming in hot, like, you know, like you fucking have been around for years and everybody wants your gear because it ain't going to work like that necessarily, you know? Yeah. When you uh, made the jump, was it a quick, like, you had a realization that you're like, fuck this, and then just upped everything right then and there or slowly? No, no, not at all. It was just kind of like, oh man, I got to like reevaluate this. So just slowly, you know, just upping things every time I have a new release, you know, up it. Um, just a tiny bit, you know, like for the longest time, I think I was 
getting like 60 or so 65 for my crusties and I raised it to like 80 last year. And like, you know, honestly, I'm making 20 of these, um, uh, the crusties for this year and I'm selling for 115 altogether shipped. And that's the most expensive I've ever sold 3.75. The way I see it though, is it's fucking magnetized, articulated. It's by me. Uh, it's fucking an amazing piece. And all this shit's gotten way fucking more expensive in the last year than it used to be. So I got to compensate for somehow and like, again, keep the lights on. Yeah. So it is what it is. In the case of slaughter bots, you know, I retired those for fucking ever and I brought them back, you know, and I started charging more than I'd ever charged for them before because that's what they're fucking worth. Like there's a reason why I can't put up a painted one and have it sit for more than five minutes. It's not because people don't want them. It's because they're overpriced. They suck. It's because they fucking rip. People are into them and it's totally a chill like price, you know, dude, like it's like a chill price, man. So it it worked out, you know? Um, Yeah. The same token, I'm curious what's going to happen when I start selling them for a bill, you know, in the new packaging. But at the same time, I think they'll be fine, you know? Like, I did a set with them. Again, just testing the waters. I did a set where they only glow in the dark, and they were just casting colors, not fucking anything else. And those things were like, I don't know, like 55 shift, you know? That's Mm. pretty cool. I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's, that's really neat. I, that's, that's really cool to just make an unpainted figure a blank pretty much for the most part and still be compensated for my time reasonably absolutely and i think there's something to be said about still i don't know like your art goes so quickly but you're still willing to sell some for a little bit less like your art is still attainable like it's not so high where i can't get my hands on it right yeah and that was like one of the things that like has been a big motivator since like i started out was like one of the biggest motivations was making toys that were affordable to guys like me because i mean dude i'd seen vinyl and ron english and designer shit and kid robot toys forever and it was just like those really neat toys that are super expensive that i can't fucking ever go near so i just kind of kept my blinders on so when i found this stuff and i saw the the, the price range and how it worked and everything. I wanted to make sure that, you know, even the dude who was down on his fucking luck and was, you know, selling weed to get by or something could maybe swing a piece here and there either way. So I, you know, I try and keep it. I, I guess, like you said, like I, I, I will occasionally drop them for, you know, a, a, a lesser price, you know, but uh, yeah. it's so, you know, I, I want everybody to be able to have my fucking pieces. You want to have my pieces, you know? Any of it's a motherfucker is like, hey, dude, I love this thing. So let's start doing payments. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll do some payments, you know? Yeah. And you said, if I heard you correctly, new packaging. So are you re-releasing Slaughterbots with new packaging? Oh, yeah. yeah. I am getting cuckoo on the Slaughterbots. So I am waiting on the sculpt from Steve Varner for the second version of the Slaughterbot. And I'm hoping to drop that whenever I drop it. And honestly, yeah. I'm like, I don't know when the fuck it's going to be done. It's one of those things. Again, I just went to the artist. I was like, hey, dude, I love your work. I grew up with it. Whatever the fuck you want to do, party. Um, so we'll see. But uh, so I've got the version two whenever it comes out. And then, yeah, the version one I'm going to do on an 11 by 14 card. I've got some new art. I've got uh, original bubble that I'm making for it. And uh, it's going to be a, a more classic action figure, including like glued down blisters. So if you want to take it out, you're going to have to fuck up the packaging, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I want to do a few like that for fun, you know? Because, I, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm the guy whose toys photograph terribly. 
because everything is in those plastic blisters so fucking everything opens but say someone shows a fucking photograph of their like shelves mine's always the mirror looking thing <laughs> <laughs> so i want some stuff that photographs cool and will sit on someone's wall and like they can take a picture and you can see what it is <laughs> yeah and 11 by 14 is mm -hmm. huge i love that size yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just a tiny bit larger. The figures, you know, about like a four. It's it's a little bit bigger, three point seven five, and he's a beefy piece. So yeah. I think it will like it'll work, you know. And um, I'm I'm probably gonna still do the off center to the left or right bubble kind of thing, and just classic it up like a GI Joe, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I've got in my mind. Again, I gotta fucking figure out. The artist to do it you know the original artist who hit me up like i kind of ended up just you know funny story about working with people so <laughs> this guy had been hitting me up for years always being like hey man i love your work i want to do work with you i want to do your art yeah um and i was always like cool we interrupt this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this earth aliens have landed earthling I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there! It's a spaceship! Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com That's earth2kentucky.com Or just land your spaceship when they're open. And then I left it at that. So he'd been hitting me up for so many years that I was finally like, okay, cool. Like, why don't you do me up some Slaughterbot art? You know? And uh, we didn't really discuss rates, and uh, I have a set rate that I generally pay, and um, it was it was funny because uh, generally if you're you're bugging someone to work with them, you kind of like are willing to take a little concession or make it worth it for them to work with you. I don't yeah. know. Anyways, the guy wanted to charge me his full rates, like into it halfway. He's like, yeah, like you know, this isn't really worth it at this, and it's like, oh. Well, hey, what, what would be worth it? You know, here, let's talk on video chat really quick. So, you know, so let's see what your expectations are versus my expectations and see where the miscommunication is arising and let's iron this out. And, you know, we had ourselves a talk and he basically didn't feel that he was being compensated for his time. So I basically, you know, it's like, hey, man, thank you very much. I can totally respect and appreciate the fact that you want more than I can give you right now. And um, I'll hit you up. You know, it was like, yeah. you know, don't worry about it, man. If this isn't, you know, this don't work for you and you don't feel like you're getting, you know, what you want for your rates after hitting me up for three years to work with me, then that's cool, man. I'll hit you up, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> shit, I don't know. So it's just one of those things like, it's good to have your expectations, like when you're talking to artists generally um, discussed beforehand, I guess I just kind of assumed it was the uh, general rule of, if you're bugging an artist to work with them, you're generally willing to like make it cool to work with you. I don't know, but Hey, whatever. So it was, you know, just uh, getting upset or anything. It's just like, Hey, let's, 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 let's talk on video eye to eye. So no one gets upset. Things come out weird in text or email or whatnot. Let's just wrap and figure yeah. out where our expectations are confused. 
And I think that's good. I, you bring up a good point. Like if I'm bugging someone, cause there are a couple artists that like, I haven't bugged anyone, but if I did, I know who I would bug. And if I did that, like more than likely, I want to do that work for free because I want to collab so badly with that artist. And that's, I, I mean, I was, I would, I would, that's awesome, dude. Let me know when you want to do shit for me for free. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I was going to compensate him what I give all my other artists, dude. Yeah. And we're talking like fucking rock stars, like including like, you know, Steve back in the day that we were talking about earlier, fucking like more recently, like Todd Bratra and fucking Nike dunk fame, not to mention Creature Consolidate and just Todd Bratra fame, but whatever dude i don't care <laughs> yeah. i was gonna compensate the dude the way i compensate everyone but uh hey you know all good i didn't meet his expectations and i'll just i'll, I'll hit that guy up next time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i'm stoked for the new slaughter bot so i'm excited for that one coming out do we have uh any little updates any sneak peeks something on professor waffles how's he coming along well, Professor Waffles is just, uh, I'm casting up the rest of the, the kitties. Uh, yeah. The cat was named Gordon originally, and now his name has been changed to Goki. And uh, I'm paying tribute to my kitty, Goki, who uh, was food obsessed and uh, ended up food. Um, and it makes more sense since Goki introduced Professor Waffles to Waffles. And I, I believe that Goki, if he were alive and had run into Waffles in the situation that the toys met each other he would have done the same thing so yeah just casting up the kitty right now casting up goki um i'm probably gonna have waffles done by september or something like that i'm thinking and drop them around then i still gotta get the heart did and uh, i mean dude i am still behind on those ninja turtles i'm still like making a few of those things yeah. from a few years ago like i lost a lot of money on those like again talking about losing like not properly valuing your art I don't know what the fuck I was thinking when I priced those, why I priced them like, but it was just fucking stupid. So it's been a, an investment in time and just fucking up and like learning from it. So those things, I got to get those things to fuck out. And then I got the, uh, the, the shooter figures that I got to drop for, uh, you know, they're coming out comic con weekend on preview night. I think preview night starts at seven. So my figures go on sale at six. Fuck it. Love you it. Know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, ah, it's my first year not having a Comic Con piece if I do Comic Con with DKE, you know? Yeah. So I just, you know, I'm going to give myself as many little advantages as I can as possible because when it comes down to it, my account on Instagram is pretty much shadow banned and uh, I just, I'm, I'm pretty small when it comes to the, the coverage. So we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, love that. <laughs> uh, is there, um, for, I did notice that. I was hoping that you'd be in the DKE uh, Comic-Con. Do you separate, like, is this year you're just doing your full crusty piece, or did you just decide not to do one with DKE this year? Um, They didn't really come together at the same time. It was just like... I don't know. I just didn't really think about going through like they have such a full <laughs> roster as it is, you know, like they got slammed, you know, and it gets to be a certain point, you know, and it's like, how many years are you going to stay in kindergarten when you're 13? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, Hey, it's cool and everything, but I gotta, I, I don't want to just keep fucking DK like is awesome for beginners and for people that maybe don't quite have the, the reach yet or aren't confident enough to give it a shot, you know? 
Um, but for me, I just want to see what the fuck happens this year. If I, if I need to do DKE for Comic-Con to be successful, because every time I do a DKE Comic-Con release since the Krusties, they sell out preview night. So we'll see what happens if it's independently released. And if it independently releases and still sells out preview night or even in the fucking weekend, dope. I still plan on doing my next one next year with DKE. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to, you know, that's, that's where my head's at, you know, uh, just, it's just, something for me to do this year and then for the rest of the year i know that i've got that level of a reach that like okay cool because like last time i was talking to you you know i know i do have a core audience that are down to ride with me on whatever weird shit i do Mm -hmm. at the same time how much just overall reach do i have and what kind of scope and uh with these crusty meditations what kind of accessibility do i have so just want to check it out this year like that yeah would you because you're like you have a good amount of followers you're way over 10 grand right no 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 i have been stuck in the 10,858 purgatory for about seven months now i feel like okay. seriously dude it is so weird but i'll gain lose gain lose gain lose and i i get it you know like i have not put out a new release since uh last comic con dude i don't think i put out an actual original new release so what the fuck is there to find me for you know yeah like i'm playing the hits and everything but at the same time i'm playing the one-off hit, same in package to promote it very much so i get it so like yeah i mean i have a pretty radical like i guess it's a pretty far organic reach you know so it's chill it's not like you know if i was like say you make some super accessible piece and then you know you all of a sudden have fifty thousand followers or something like that it's not quite that kind of reach, but at the same time, the stuff I make is going to appeal to those 50,000 followers for accessible shit anyways. Yeah. I do want to talk about Krusty. You've been releasing little hints about this new Krusty about almost like he's going to offend everyone, <laughs> at which I love. I love toys that seemingly can offend multiple groups at a time. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. So well, I mean, of him. Uh, you know, like it's it's always been a little funny, and then Healy Maid had that fucking meltdown. He just had a fucking hissy fit on the suck hour over my um, GI Blow figure because the message went completely over his head. He wanted to be so offended and make it about his uncle and how his uncle killed himself. And you know, basically in Healy's mind, I was making a toy to insult Healy and his uncle because Healy and his uncle matter to me. Yeah, but not at all, you know, like, so like it started there just watching people flip out, including people that make these toys. And then the fucking weird comments I'd get, you know, I we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Hey, check out what I just got. Oh my gosh, what is this stuff? These are bootleg art toys. What? Where do you find bootleg art toys? I find bootleg art toys at Bootleg Bonanza. Bootleg Bonanza! An alternative toy store that specializes in bootleg art toys, resin, and vinyl. Oh my gosh, this one's weird. Actually, they specialize in weird. Not only do they buy and sell and trade designer toys, they produce them in their fully equipped studio. Bootleg Bonanza! Where is this at again? Bootleg Bonanza, it's at 200 East High Street, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Or you can head there online at www.bootlegbonanza.com. I don't know. Whose money did you spend on this? You didn't spend our money on this weird stuff, did ya? Um. I mean, what is this thing? Uh. Head there now, www.bootlegbonanza.com, and spend all your money. Bootleg Bonanza! I'm broke! I get weird DMs, upset about, you know, again, GI Blow really upset people. Crust metal kind of went under radars, but you know, a few people didn't like that he was burning churches and whatnots. And um, 
I don't know, man. It's, I can't really fucking win. You know, I just, uh, I, I offend people either way. So this one I know is going to upset people. There's more suicide in it again. Um, there's a, a very blatant disgust for police because I fucking hate pigs uh, also in there. And I randomly still have a bunch of fucking like people that will like simp for cops when I post about how shitty cops are, but whatever. So, I mean, you know, it's just, Suicide cops, white fragility, um, <laughs> dead children, uh, QAnon, um, you know, like American mass shooting. I mean, I don't know, dude. Maybe everybody's going to love it. And my mom's going to tell me about her friends that, <laughs> you know, messaged her like, oh, did you see John's newest toy? Yeah. You know, maybe the boomers in their 70s are going to be all about it. I don't know. Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't understand people that get offended by art. It's a weird thing for me because with art, just like comedy for me, so much is on the table. Like it's hard to pull something off the table. Like why would you say everything is fair game except this one thing? That doesn't make sense to me. And so when people get offended, that's, that's tough for me to understand with art. Yeah. And I don't know, dude, like it's kind of really validating when someone can't like just fucking scroll by or they can't walk by or they can't, they can't exist without reacting to your shit that you made. Like they literally cannot exist without reacting to it. Instead of scrolling by, walking by, going on with their lives, motherfucker, they're going to invest time into you and what you did, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I don't do this stuff to provoke people, but if it does provoke a response, yo, thank you. Cause time is very, very fucking limited on this planet. And the fact that you're investing yours to fucking respond to mine with an overly strong unsolicited negative opinion. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, I don't know. Like that's really validating that someone who hates what I'm doing hates it to the point where they can't control themselves, you know? Yeah. It's weird. I think too, what makes you an interesting artist is you do this double-sided where you have things like the slaughter bots, which are rad fucking figures that need their own like book line and their shirts and all that shit. And it seems like a family toy, like something I would want, something a kid would want to play with, like all that. And then you make toys that have such a message and you're able to play both sides. And there's not many artists that I see that can do that. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm just fucked up. <laughs> I'm just fucked up when it comes down to it. So, like, I guess I just can, like, come from a bunch of different weird angles because I've had so many weird angles to see from in my time, you know? And, like, yeah, I mean, I love, like, good, happy, warm-hearted, positive things. But it takes a lot of work to be there. I mean, my default is suicidal darkness so like it's really easy to fucking come up with the negative unhappy things and it's actually a lot more work to you know come up with positive and joyous stuff but at the same time you know that's a a muscle to always keep fucking exercising you know that's just like i i want to be like that way i want to like continue to see and meditate in those worlds so you know like when i come up with those kind of things or like waffles you know like Professor Waffles, it's just because I think I got such a twisted perspective and I'm so default fucked up that like the the, the shiny stuff, the happy stuff might come up even 
hyper poppy or something to an extent yeah because of, i get so far away from the darkness yeah you're gonna end up making a new form of teletubbies or something crazy <laughs> that would be fucking dope man like i would love to make something that makes people super fucking happy and like make some like smile and shit you know uh, at the same time, also globally recognized phenomenon. I wouldn't mind that money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dude, if I'm making millions, fucking every single person in the toy community, I know we don't got to work anymore. We're going to start doing that fucking billionaire Jeff Bezos life, but in much different ways. <laughs> yeah, not so you much. Know? We hate people ways. Mm-mm, no, no. <laughs> yeah, which, and I, yeah, that's just a, an interesting perspective on art too. Like I think some of your toys I would look at and never, never see that you had that dark side. Like I wouldn't catch that. And then some of them I'm like, Whoa, there it is. Yeah. It's a trip, man. Cause I mean, I'll, I'll get people, you know, I meet people or people know me and stuff and it's just like, you're so positive and everything's so upbeat and it's like, yes, but like, it's also because I make an effort and work to be that way constantly because I'm constantly battling the other direction and just don't want to go down that way. So it's like, I feel sometimes like a fucking fake because it's just like, people are like, oh, you, you know, you got a positive outlook and you got positive energy. And it's true because I want to fucking be as upbeat and fucking good as I, if someone's going to encounter me, I want them to fucking come away from it feeling better than before. I want to fucking gas them up, you know? And that's probably because I spent so much of my life getting fucking stabbed and like deflated instead of gassed up. And the last thing I want to do is fucking put that out there. I don't want to be like, Oh, well that happened to me. So it's going to happen to you fucker. It's just like, okay, I have that happened to me. So I'm going to internalize this and figure out how to turn it into something better. And in my case, it's like, being positive and as supportive and I don't know as much as I can be because there's times you know in my past where I've definitely um I've I've definitely gotten really pissed off started fights beefs or whatever you know but uh you know it's it's it is what it is so sometimes I feel like a fucking utter phony even though it is who I am I do like I default down to darkness but I, I do enjoy and love light and happiness and you know positivity and like I said, I work really hard to stay there and like, you know, it's, it's a good place to be, you know? Yeah. Like when the whole quarantine shit started, I didn't know what else to do than to like start doing guided meditations with everybody that was coming to my feed, you know, on dollar size stuff. It was like, shit, this is really hard to sit with and deal. Like, well, stuff I've done is learning to meditate. It's like, so I don't lose my mind and here, let's, let's share this, you know? Now, don't get me wrong, though, dude. I have totally fallen off the meditation train. But (laughs) back then, I was still doing it. It was valuable. I figured, you know, give back, you know, as opposed to being like, hey, isn't anxiety shitty? Let's talk about anxiety. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's meditate and, like, think of positive shit and, like, clear your mind. I don't know. And I was fortunate enough to have my homie Koji, uh, the my <laughs> this um, it's so weird so my my homie koji you know he's a buddhist uh priest now and all that but back in the day you know he was rick dreyer fucking bassist for my straight edge band gohan you know it's <laughs> my boy you know he drove like four hours in the trunk of my mom's lincoln from like monterey to bakersfield so we could watch weezer play in the basement of a pizza parlor you know so like it was just rad that he's become who he is and what he is and what he like has practiced. And I could share that with everybody. It's like, Hey, check out Koji Akaviva dryer. Like he's going to come in here and he's going to share some shit with us. And that was really neat to be able to like, Hey, you know, Koji and Rick, like 
can you come in and, uh, you know, share? And it was, yeah. it, was, it was really cool. It was cool to see him. It was cool to hang out with him and rap because uh, me and, well, I, it's weird because I'll call him Rick back in the day. He's coaching now. So me and Rick, we always had really good energy, you know, beat each other up on stage in a fun way when we're playing. We always put on a good show. We always worked off each other well. So it was cool to have Koji live with Dollar Slice in our fucking, like, you know, I'm like 40 and he's like in his late 30s. It was fun, man. It was cool yeah. to be able to give back to uh, the community that has given me uh, pretty much uh, a reason to keep existing. So, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And I know that lights in you because the as you're talking about that moment, like your face lightens up, the mood lightens quickly. Like that was a moment that you loved. I love that that dude Koji. He's he's uh dude, that was cool. So yeah. That's rad. Yeah, How do you feel? <laughs> we just went through a deep dive. I know, man, talking about the toys. Yeah, I mean shit. I don't know. I guess uh, occasionally you'll get us uh, dudes who've been doing this for a hot minute and become our therapist, like uh, with Suckord last time. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten that were like, "Hey, like, how did you get him there?" I didn't. I didn't get him there. He showed up that way. That was who he was. Yeah, Suckord is a fantastic man. He's he's really neat, and uh, that's that's cool. You got him on that. You know, I, I did see a photo of you and him. That I, I don't think I'll ever forget. It, I think it's naked. you guys. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We, we, we've, yeah, we were naked. Yeah. But uh, the picture it. you see now, unless someone's sharing things they shouldn't be, no, no, the picture you saw had coffee. emojis on our ding dongs. Yeah. You, I think you're drinking coffee in a kitchen if it's that yes. one. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the only one that's floating around out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's cool that we, there is that decided like, oh, we may go to the dark side or whatever. But yeah, to see the light that comes through is is rad in, in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of like the darkness that we're experiencing ourselves, that you're still able to put people first and say like, yeah, let's, let's do this together. Let's join. Let's make a space. Let's do that shit. Yeah, well, I mean, it's easier to like... I mean, actually, it's not like, I don't know. It's a, on one hand, it's easier to like just work towards being positive. On the other hand, it's really fucking easy just to fucking like curl up and go dark, you know? So it's either, it's just, I guess, a choice. I don't know. You were mentioning the um, being able to scan past work. So that was uh, another thing was, uh, you know, knowing when to start shit or not, you know? Yeah. Now with the scrolling past, you know, it's just like, again, if something offends you, what's the fucking point? You know, do you, do you gotta like, this isn't a competition and it's really weird when people make it that way, you know? Yeah. It's really weird when they got a down punch, you know? Like if someone does something that bums you out, like why the fuck go and especially if you're like in a higher level or something why go and like down punch or go and talk shit or bring shine to anybody you know like it's just yeah. so weird like someone does something you don't like or something guess what just keep fucking going who gives a shit yeah and i think it, it just seems crazy what the this whole bootleg toy scene regardless of what people do right that you have bootlegs or meme toys or anything this seems still in these early years of this thing exactly and if it holds on it's not going to hold on because of our negativity like we're going to have to help this thing along as much as we can yeah and that's the thing that's why like you know i have such a nasty like reaction to like wanting to like talk like 
about artists or people in the community I don't like necessarily, or when people do talk shit on each other, there are artists in the community. It's just like that, like you said, it's not going to do any good in the long run. And like a lot of times, if you're the bigger artist, you look like a jackass and you're like helping out someone you don't like to begin with. If you don't like someone enough to be talking shit on them, then you probably don't want them to benefit from that shit talk. So probably just shut the fuck up. And like, that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. But it's not always the case. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, uh, my wife has, because I've been in different art communities, and one of the things that draws me to this one more than anything mm-hmm. is there's not a lot of gatekeeping. More than likely, the artists are willing to work with each other. Like, I, I, I mean, there's the willingness to to cohabitate, cohabitate. But every other like mural scene or other art scene, that doesn't seem like it's the way. No, and I agree with you. I, I, I'd, I'd like you to um, tell tell the people about who who told you how to do this stuff. Who yeah. who was? <laughs> so I've been like, what's crazy is I I decided from the beginning that I would reach out to the bigger artists, mm-hmm. and so to do backers, I reached out to Sucklore to do when I was starting my jack in the box c3po mashup you drew me diagrams and you were like no no no, don't don't fucking do it the way you're doing it like change some shit and it was like the willingness that you guys had to help someone that had no idea what they were doing is is a huge reason as to why i'm sticking around and dude here's the thing why me and suck lord and like other really established artists are so willing to do that because it doesn't fucking matter, dude. It doesn't yeah. matter if you can mold and cast, paint, make cards like us. You don't do us. You're not us. So again, it's like there's no like there's no worries or anything. There's no worries or anything about that kind of um, like uh, no one's gonna eat your pie. There's no yeah. one who's gonna eat your pie. <laughs> the reason why you get like me or Suck Lord, you know, more than willing to share our. Uh, our trade secrets is because you know it's no big deal dude you're not going to get inside our heads you're not going to do what we do either way so like i want to see you molding and casting fucking super cleanly in those seams you know because what does that look like to someone who's never seen this stuff before and you're introducing them to it if it looks like shit they're going to think it's a joke you know and for many years dude most people's work looked like trash so it was really hard to be like oh what we do is like something you know cool or like uh really like high level art because a lot of it was fucking garbage especially when i first got in man like firecracker fingers up the wazoo fucking missing bubbles and jaws and shit i don't know man uh it it wasn't that cool so it kind of feels good to be able to help elevate the scene and elevate the overall quality of work you know like um yeah i mean dude it just it, it makes things better if everybody's doing great work and they're happy with their results and they're not getting frustrated like that like hey my cast still didn't come out right so they came and execute their concept like that sucks you know i mean there's enough pie to go around dude every single person can keep making these toys and start making new ones and whatever and there's always going to be enough of an audience to go around for people as long as you're making cool shit you know if you're making yeah. variations of boba fett i don't know i don't know what to tell you there you know yeah but, yeah, I don't, it, uh, it's tough because I don't, the more I look at all these different artists and look at everything, we're all so different. So who knows how much like overlap happens between everyone. So there's people that buy 
I've seen, uh, I can't remember his name, but every once in a while he'll take a picture of a shelf, even with however like different we all are, people are willing to buy all these different pieces and build a collection just to be in that collection. Like that is such a sense of pride. I don't care who collects it. It just to be in a collection is rad to me. Dude. I, yeah. It's really neat sometimes to see the pictures or what the people like tag me with. And I was just like, really? Yeah. Oh fucking radical yeah it's it's really neat to see your work next to other people that you respect and um you know even next to people who totally suck and you're just like hey that must suck next be next to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that not that everybody totally sucks no 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 <laughs> when you so you've been to conventions before yes you've done con the convention circuit basically designer and sd oh yeah yeah man dude I, i've been going to comic conventions i i Shit, I can remember like holding the Walrus Man figure in 1983 at San Diego Comic Con when it was just like you know um, I forget what the fucking name was. I think it was just San Diego Comic Con or something. What's know. that feeling like when you see someone walk up and so so much of our sales are online, right? Like we don't get to see <laughs> the face and all those interactions. What's it like seeing one in person? <sighs> There's a few different things. It's fucking rad. Yeah, uh, it's really awesome um it's 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 intimidating because again like just me personally like not necessarily always thinking the highest of myself it's like well they're going to be disappointed as fuck now that they're meeting me like they, they think i'm this one person and i'm a total fucking idiot and a total fucking just weirdo so yeah they're going to see you the second they meet me i'm not cool i'm not anything i'm just a fucking idiot and uh then they'll want to stop. They won't want to talk to me anymore. You know, I feel like that all the time. So I have that anxiety. So it's like, it's really cool at the same time. It's like, I don't know if I can live up to somebody's expectation of me. And like, if there are expectations and like, it's just a weird thing to take on and just like, man, I I'm not that fucking rad. And like, I, I hate to disappoint people. Yeah. Um, and then it's also really fucking fun to see people like their actual faces respond and, you know, the people that want me to sign things or take pictures with them. Um, it's, it's still just as novel as ever. It still, still feels fucking amazing. Like, you know, dude, I spent my twenties like on tour with my friends bands and like, they were all, you know, main stage, like, you know, like they're, fucking rock stars and i was just some asshole on the side never getting attention or anything so i just kind of like guess i kind of accepted that i was just like not worth attention or being noticed for anything even though i was doing the hair and shit on those things or whatnot so like when i don't know like i finally started getting attention and start getting like shining for things and treated well it just did it's just it's hard it's hard to like figure out how to wear still like many years later it's just still strange yeah. and then on top of that dude like your motherfucking yucko toys so you come up to me and be like hey i made and be like okay and then you're yeah. gonna look at me like what are you talking about we just talked yesterday and be like and i'm not fucking registering it and then i see the disappointment in your eyes that i don't know you and you're like gears are turning like fuck this rock star piece of shit insincere asshole and then like you're about to walk away and i'm like hey what's your ig name and then you're like it's yucko and i'm like well fuck man why didn't you tell me your name yeah <laughs> and that's always like a fun like awkward exchange uh, of uh, anxiety for a moment <laughs> yeah i can't tell you how many artists i have done um these interviews with and I, luckily I can recognize faces pretty damn well. Like that's some kind of talent that 
I've been bestowed with, but like, I can't, a lot of them don't tell me their names. And when I start, usually we just start talking based off of the Instagram handle or what they go by. And so it's a moment of like, I like, I, some of them, I wouldn't even call by their name. Like, I, I don't know, like, I wouldn't call Suck Lord Morgan. That's not something I'm not. Yeah, I wouldn't do if I were you either, man. That's yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> and so it's like, uh, so many people, I, I just have known them by that. So it would just, uh, you're absolutely right. Introduce yourself to me that way, because that's the only way I'm going to know you. Like, just please, because I'm so psyched to meet people that I yeah. know. And then, like, it just, I always, there's been so many times through the years when I just see their face and they're so fucking sad or disappointed in me because I'm just not registering. And like, you know, like I finally like realized like, oh, I got to ask these people for their Instagram names. And then it's like, it's like, hey, hugs, psyched, you know? Yeah. But man, it feels like shit when they come up and they're like, hey, I'm Jason. It's like, we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures, DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. Hi, Jason. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jason. Jason. All right, Jason. And it's just like, what are you? I, I, what? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, nah, dude, it's fucking like pink flamethrower, like jelly bean star. I'm like, oh, yeah. What's up, jelly bean star? You know? Yeah. And I think even when people buy stuff from me, it's like, because uh, even like when you do, I, I do shout outs for those that support my Patreon or do whatever. Like I, everything is just Instagram names. When I talk to people, I, it's just that. And so I'm, I'm hoping that when I do show up at designer con, no one says, hey, like very few of them know my real name. So no one comes up to me and says like, Hey man, God, I hope I recognize them right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, designer con's interesting, and plus, I mean, recognizing faces this year, some people I'm sure will still be masked up and shit. So there's all that too. That will be uh, that will be interesting. Yeah, fucking designer con. That's coming. Yeah, are you having a booth? Yeah, yeah. Me and Horsey Boo have a booth. Um, uh, I uh, I don't know what I want to there's a lot of cool shit in the works yeah for, for the booth you know like uh last not last year but the last time there was a physical designer con you know my homie eric walker from the uh, ewok adventure and the caravan of courage or wait no excuse me ewok adventure the caravan of courage i think that was the one and the other one's the battle for endor yeah the, the ewoks battle for endor excuse me so yeah last time my homie eric was there and he was signing and uh he'll be back and uh hopefully we'll have a new sculpt for mace tawani by then if not it will be soon afterwards uh, uh tapped uh green pa- plastic tunnels dad you know um yeah see if he's gonna have him sculpt up with mace tawani since kenner never made one Get a Kenner sculptor to make one so it'll fit in, you know, fit in next to everybody else on a shelf. And that's fucking, that's a wild ass feeling, dude, to create a fucking Star Wars figure for someone who I grew up with from the time I was four years old, like on my TV, like 
on my VHSs for the Ewok adventure and all that shit. And then to be like, oh, I'm making your Star Wars toy. And like the whole reason like I'm here is because of Star Wars toys. And yeah. like, what the fuck life is this? You know? So like it's 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 pretty neat. That will definitely be a fun thing. But um there's there's other stuff that will be uh, very controversial and uh, I'm sure <laughs> We will be seeing men in their uh, late 50s and early 60s having um, full-on internet meltdowns when some shit gets uh, announced when it's for sale at the place because I just don't want to deal with the cease and desist afterwards. So they'll be for sale at the convention and uh, afterwards they'll be uh, destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, Yeah, I've never been... I've gone to a con one time in my life. Uh, I just am not, before I was in this scene, going to a con didn't seem like something I wanted to do because I just was, I didn't know anything about it. But now that I'm in it, like getting to interact with you guys in person and walk around and see, uh, because there was a like uh, Medusa's Wild. She did that, uh, they did that, her and Muggs did that uh, giant like cantina shop, right? Like two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, I think that was at five points. And actually, I think they did it for decon again. I'm not sure because here's the thing about when you're actually like when you're like have a booth, you don't fucking go around and walk around. You're too busy hustling. Yeah. Like you don't get to like go and see anybody's stuff. So I know that they had it at five points because I saw that. I went around, like they were on the way to food. I definitely stopped by and saw that really quick. That's like when we met. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's. Cause that'll be cool to see things like that. Yeah. That would be awesome, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure whatever the mugs do, they always do some epic shit there. They, they don't fuck around. Yeah. I don't plan on. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm at a point where I want a booth or know what that's like yet. Um, but I'm stoked well, to just be in, in person and see everyone. Yeah. Well, back in the day, I mean, dude, for the first like three years, I think I, I shared booths, you know, like especially the first year I shared with fucking three other artists. It was me, uh, ETC Toys, Monster Foot Creations and this dude unaffiliated San Jose. Um, and like, you know, that was my first year. And uh, shit, I don't fucking remember who I, I shared with Steve Nazar again, you know, coming back to Steve 2015, yeah. you know, he was at my booth. We shared, you know, I had him signing at my booth. I kind of brought him out of obscurity and out of his cave. Like he didn't know that he had such a following still and that so many people gave a fuck. It was like the first time he'd been brought out and aired out since the 80s. And like he couldn't believe like the lines and like the people's responses, you know? Yeah. So like, random tangent there but yeah i know i shared with steve in 2015 but fuck i don't remember who else but i think it was around 2017 maybe it was 2016 as well that's probably 2017 i stopped sharing and just could do it on my own you know yeah i mean that's like fucking working my balls off and release after release after release after release for for a long time and, you know, also it was easier to get eyes. I mean, if I came in now, I don't think it would be, I think I'd still <laughs> rise to where I got to just because of my work still like would hold up and stand out amongst the rest of it. But like, but back then it was even easier, you know, it was like, there weren't that many, dude, at one fucking point when I got into this, like it was literally people had dibs on different fucking pieces. I remember yeah, I was going to make a Matt tonight figure and this one friend of mine in the game, 
um, was just like, oh yeah, you can't use Mac tonight. That belongs to Mark Ultra. Only Mark Ultra can use Mac tonight's head. And I was like, oh, okay, fuck it, fine. I'm not going to bother. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't understand that. That small, dude. It used to be the point where like the only person doing pop culture toys was fucking Peter. Like Killer Bootlegs was the only one doing anything. He did like, you know, The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and, you know, like Alfred Hitchcock, all that shit. He was the only one. So it was kind of hard to do pop culture shit. You'd be stepping on his toes. It was weird back. It was a lot smaller, you know? Yeah. Would you say that people just don't give a shit anymore? Like no one's going to lay claim to anything. We kind of just do whatever we want. Not necessarily. I just think that like there's certain things that just are like, not that like you know uh as as iconic you know there's like yeah. some of us who have taken certain pieces and made them iconic and what they are and like you're going to be hard pressed to take those and use them elsewhere because we've already established them as what they are but then there's other fucking pieces you know like mac tonight or i don't know just i, I don't even fucking know off the top of my head because i don't think along those lines anymore what people can and can't use but yeah, for the most part, I think that just is gone because the 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 gatekeepery mentality, like that kind of gatekeeper nonsense, it like died out and the scene grew too like it's too big. What are you gonna do if you're that guy? Fucking go and DM every single person you see that's using Snake Eyes' head? No, dude. Like, yeah, it's just like it doesn't work anymore. It's grown out of the hands of gatekeepers. And when someone does want to be a gatekeeper, it doesn't really work out too well for them. You know, it's like, this is, this is a community of fuck you. I'm going to do it anyways. You know, it's like, that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. That does seem tough. I I'm excited. So here's a, here's a question that I think maybe you can explain and like answer your honest opinion right here. So designer con, you get a booth. Um, is it absolutely worth it to do that? Like every aspect of it, or do you think that there's parts that you just wish didn't happen? Uh, I wish it was longer. I wish it didn't end as quick. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, like when you're at a point where you don't think you can survive on your own booth, hit up your homies, mm-hmm. fucking pull your money together and goddamn get a booth together. It's rad. It's fun to hang out with your buddies all weekend. You throw down. It's great. It's good times. Um, Otherwise, like, no, there's nothing on designer con that I can think of where I'm just like, oh, this is like, you know, needs to change or whatever, you know, like, it's fucking rad. Designer con is by artists for the artists and it doesn't suck to do it, you know, especially now it's even further. It's, it used to be like right before Thanksgiving. So it was a little expensive to get places for the most part. Yeah. That sucks. So they fucking moved it out. And now it's the second weekend of November instead of third. So guess what, dude? Like now it's cheaper again to stay places. Yeah. And it's so I mean they they fucking know what they're doing. I I I have only I've only had a radical experience with like doing designer con, you know? And there's other conventions where, you know, some of them they don't know what they're doing, you know? Like if you're booking your convention Valentine's weekend every year in some bumblefuck ski city, well dude your your shit's destined to fail mm-hmm. like you want some fucking artist from i don't know somewhere far enough that they have to fly on valentine's day week weekend airfare valentine's day week weekend uh lodging 
uh, food, all that on top yeah. of the booth, you're in over, you're in the red for $1,500, $1,000 just to get there. For fucking what? Yeah. So everybody who's on a date that weekend can avoid or come by, look at your stuff, pick it up, laugh, and keep fucking going because no one gives a shit. Like, no, that, 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 that's whack. Like that's, that's not so much like that's when you got to reevaluate your situation and say, am I doing this? What's best for me and my ego? Or are we doing what's best for the artist, the convention and what can happen for these people, you know? Yeah. And I think designer con is an excellent example of how to do it for the artists, for the people. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's such a sick setup, especially being uh, it's in Anaheim, correct? Designer. Mm -hmm. Yes which is such a badass place because it's in the less expensive part of Orange County and it's right next to Disneyland. So like people can make this a thing. Yeah. And you know, we have like the past couple of years, you know, like every year, like we'll go to Disneyland afterwards, usually like killer suck Lord, horsey boo and whoever else is with us that time, you know, go to fucking Disneyland. Yeah. You know, and me and horsey boo have like annual passes. So like the last two years that it was going we'd just fucking go to disneyland for a hot minute you know just go yeah. sniff it in you know whatever yeah uh, so it, it's 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 neat to you know be there like it's just there's so much good energy there and yeah like you said it's like a chill it's less expensive so like lodging like you can find uh lodging within your budget and because it's disneyland area like the standards are higher the bar is set a little bit higher so even if it's a less expensive hotel it's not going to be like if you're like um to give an example fresno yeah <laughs> you pay 60 dollars in fresno you're getting something way different than 60 dollars in anaheim you know like i just recently stayed in a hotel that had three stars in fresno that people were cooking meth or something you know <laughs> you stay somewhere three stars for the same price in anaheim probably getting some free food and like you know yeah. disney years or something it's just it's it's chill i i um yeah i i can't like i don't got anything negative to say about decon i just have a great time there and i think it's well like handled and fuck dude ben is just one of the greatest dudes when it comes to that scene you know like he's 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 in the trenches himself he's fucking made toys he owns a toy store you know like the dude yeah. gets it so it's it's not just some random hobbyist or something or some dude who's like oh i think i can make money because this is happening you know yeah it's it's just like he's playing ball with us so he gets it you know? yeah and i'm and i'm just excited to i think to be able to walk around and and know like and just to say hi like i think that that is such a i've already told my wife because we live in san diego so it's like a hour and a half drive it's not that far and yeah so, you get to pass nuclear boobies yeah yeah the giant <laughs> boobs um and just to like and and she gets it just to be able to go and like say hi to these people in person and then that yeah. would be my fill for designer like i'm okay with that being it for me like, it doesn't that's what's crazy about it yeah, and everything that comes with just doing that, like the destination is going to be like the adventure leading to, like it's just the whole experience, dude. Like you're going to have your like plan and then you're going to have everything that happens while the plan is unrolling and you're going to have your whole experience. And yeah. Now it's going to be pretty dope. Are you going to go for all weekend or are you only going like, what's your, what's your plan on that? Yeah, so I'm close enough that I don't have to stay up there. 
So mm-hmm. I can, I'll make the drive at night. Like that's not a problem for me. So I'll probably go for the whole weekend and Jesus, man, what is that? That's like nine hours in the car just to like go to decon. Yeah. Gee, well, I mean, you know, Hey, that's, that's, that's dope, dude. Like that will be, uh, that'll be fun though. It'll be good times. Yeah. I, I think I'll be wearing my machine 56 gear. Oh so, my gosh. Those eye contacts so will not be uh, occurring this year, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I've seen Machine 56. I be whenever you post about it, I'll go look at their Instagram page. Everything is so sold out. Like I like it's just so desired that there's no way that you can ever get your hands on it. No, you have to like literally accept the fact that when you get into machine 56, the stuff that you got into it from isn't available, but you stay on the wave and wait for it to, you know, you're just getting on the wave when it's getting pulled up because you're just starting to get the curl started because you just found the wave. So you yep. got to stay with it and fucking hit that curl and then take the wave, dude, when it comes the next time and you fucking hop on that and you get what you want, dude. And like, yo, he's the, those pieces Dude, he sold out 56 pieces at $700. It came out to $790 shipped. He sold out 56 of those in 11 minutes. Holy crap. Yeah, dude. And you want to know what's even cooler? There was no set time or day for the drop. It was just emails and crumbs of information. Could be now, could be tomorrow, could be never. Literally, dude. And then one day, it's just email today. And you just had to fucking be on it and yep. just happened to be lucky enough that, you know, I've, I'm obsessive enough that like, I'm not going to miss out on a drop by then if I want something. Yeah. And yeah, I, I got on it and make it happen. And it doesn't hurt that I have all my payment information memorized, you know, <laughs> so yeah. punch it all out and get on it. But yeah, I mean, you just have to, that's what makes it so cool, dude. It's not just accessible. It's not just like, oh, I've got money so I can have it. Fuck you and your money. You actually have to like work to have it even if you got money. Like it's, yeah. it's cool. And, and it's, it's not like supreme yet. Like, How many masks do you have? I think I've seen the full one. And I think I've seen a, another smaller one that goes like this. Yes. Like just yeah. the arm. So I've got, I've got uh, one of the, the, it's called the Rex, the version six, where it's just the black dome. Yeah. Which is, uh, then I've got a version three bonehead, which is the red scully looking thing. And then it's got the red and white and black. I saw that one. That was yeah. Like, so I've got version it. three of that. And then I've got the black demon plate. Uh, that was one that came out in summer or not summer, the beginning of summer. Um, and then I've got, the uh, the red and white half mask, the first edition, and then I've got the black half mask that they released uh, about a month ago as well. I just pretty much am staying on top of it to just get every single one of their masks that they make. Because um, just like when I got into these toys and I got obsessive and I went to the point where I could teach myself how to do this shit off of serial numbers and like pictures, I've found like lots of information and lots of like, process photos from companies or whatnots or people or photographers so i know a lot of stuff that's coming out that's not supposed to be known about coming out and i don't share that information with the the regular audience but yeah i know what's coming out and i'm just staying very the fuck on top of it because there's no way in hell i'm missing a single fucking drop like i i I just i (laughs) i can't i can't explain just like yo if you know how much I love gold teeth, there's some stuff coming out that I just, I, uh, 
I can't um, miss or I don't know how my life will be afterwards, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But also on that token, you know, yoga, the guy who is machine 56, he's seen like how much like of an audience I brought in, you know, and how much of the community from the toy scene and all that, and like how fucking insane I am for this stuff. And he's sending me stuff to test out and check out beforehand, yeah. get feedback on and things or not too. So it's, it's a fun, it's, 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 it's a fun feedback loop now with machine 56, but um, yeah, yeah uh, their shit is awesome. I mean, with the clothing, they, they restock pretty much all the clothing. You just have yeah. to keep checking back and sign up for the email. But the masks, yeah, good, good fucking luck. And now there's people who are like buying it to flip it, you know? Uh, so it's even harder to get that stuff. But at the same to- time, they have like these QC cards now that have like little, like you literally send them out. So when you sell them, they know who's got what. So if you're a flipper, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. rad. Yeah. Cause they just don't want fucking flippers. They don't want anybody buying their work to sell it. They want people to buy it, to appreciate it and love it and wear it. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I, I absolutely love. Yeah. I saw what was funny is um, I was on TikTok not that long ago and there's a guy, a creator on there that talks about all this tech wear mm-hmm. and he was responding. He made a video responding to a comment and it was your comment. You, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. What a ding dong. Yeah. Gee, I Eugene, you, you, I'm, I'm not sure. Anyways, he runs unidin.com and like, yeah, I mean, he took it so fucking far. So anybody listening, so Techware is like really heavy black. It's all Gore-Tex. This, it's like very not breathable stuff. This guy lives in Burbank and like during the heat waves and he's always advertising his, his clothing that he distributes. And I just, you know, I was like, hey, man, like, all you do is post these things inside because it's too hot to wear outside. You know, you should post some in action outdoor, like how you cook, how you cope with this stuff. Because I wear the gear like from the companies he distributes them from. He's a drop shipper. I just buy them from the company directly. So I know what it's like to wear those. You know, I know like how sweaty it is, you know. Yeah. And he, instead of just being like, oh, like, whatever, man. Like, he, yeah, dude, he fucking made a new post responding to me. And what was terrible was he kind of proved my point. Yep. He showed a quick little video of him standing outside somewhere. And then another quick little video of someone's legs at an amusement park. And then just a bunch of stuff of the products and like a photograph of like sandals by themselves. <laughs> and it should have just been like here i am getting tea like you know like here i am getting fucking like some fucking we i don't know man just like should have shown himself out in the like or he should have just not fucking care you know like it yeah. should have just been like that it didn't work out too swell for him i don't think that was such a good look because it didn't really prove his point it kind of was like yeah i can't wear this stuff outside it's too fucking hot you know, like, dude, you see yeah. this thing. I'm always wearing this in my lives. It's because I bought seven of them. I own seven, <laughs> one for each day, you know, because yeah. there's so few like technical pieces that are made for hot weather, you know? Yeah. For the most part, you have to sweat it out. And that's, that's not so rad. And what's uh, crazy is like tech wear is so interesting to me. I saw there was a picture of you and Horsey Boo standing in front of some wall with your dog and you guys were decked out in this like, tech wear and masks and all kinds of rad shit okay and see that will fucking trigger tech wear enthusiasts because what i wear is cyberpunk 
and dark wave and I'm a poser. I'm not very techware because all my stuff looks neat. Yeah. And the point for techware is it's dull as fuck. Functional, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I got mad function in my gear and some of it's waterproof, but for the most, like, you know, personally, I do buy techie stuff. Like my shit is functional. It is waterproof and whatnot. And it's like, it's a silly little side thing, but also, yeah, the machine 56 stuff, it triggers fools because it's also really neat looking and it doesn't fit into the whole gray man aesthetic, you know? Yeah. And there's like a huge gatekeeping community because everybody is just like, Oh no, unless you own acronym or Nike ACG, get out of here. And it's like, dude, acronym jackets start at four to $5,000. Yeah. And for $5,000, I can think of a lot smarter fucking ways to put that money than into fucking something that's keep my arms and torso and have a bunch of pockets, like, you know, like keeping that warm. Yeah. And that guy that was on, like, that makes those TikToks, he, mm -hmm. I watched a couple of them and he's describing these pants and he's like, you got pockets here and pockets here. I'm not transporting a fucking ship. Like I don't yeah. need all those pockets. That's the thing that I don't understand about these guys too, is they're like pocket, 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 pocket. But it's like, sure. The pockets are cool, but like, dude, you guys aren't using, like, they're just, no one actually uses them. And it's like, okay, well, this is interesting. But if any of these like guys were actually using all these pockets, they'd be too busy fucking like on their jungle missions for like, you know, the secret service dude yep. to be posting videos themselves, dumping their crystal geyser bottle on their pants to show they're waterproof. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Which is so like, yeah, I barely use the pockets I have in normal pants. I don't need more pockets. Yeah. And well, here's the thing, dude, I have found like in certain cases, they're convenient as fuck, but the cargo style, it's not that intuitive, dude. Like the pants I have on right now, these dude, they're intuitive. The pockets, they like right in front of me. So I just boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. You know, like it's, it's easy that way. Those weird fucking cargo pockets with the fucking Velcro or magnet clasp. I've got those pants, dude. I don't use those pockets because they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, dude, the, the pants that that guy's like, these are the best pants ever. They're like the fucking like entry level and they're not that rad. Yeah. And like, they went from like being a pair of pants that I was like, oh, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do with these to being like, okay, I guess these are my beaters and I use them for like shorts and stuff and I'm just not too pumped on them. And next time I know better like what to buy, you know? Because, like, dude, if you're buying, like, really, like, if you're buying that techwear, techwear, the waterproof and all that shit, you want pants that, like, have, like, zips and, like, will transform into shorter pants for you because those things get fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to be able to, like, cool off a bit. And, you know, that's what I do like about techwear is the functionality because where I, I mean, you know how it is, dude, global warming is fucking everything up. So one second, yeah. you know, you're, you're hot as balls. The next second, the fog rolls in, dude. So you make a few zips on your armpits or whatever and open it up when it's hot. All the air, you know, flows. And then when it's cold, you fucking zip them back up and roll your pants back down. Like those Machine 56 pants that I got, I got a few different pairs of those things. You know, you can use them as shorts and roll them down to fucking pants when you need them, you know? Yeah. Like the other day I was wearing my fucking pants and I forgot all the fuck about the fact that they were pants. I was freezing my nuts off and I was like, my shorts are pants. Just a minute, roll down the leg. And I was like, yes, dude. It was yeah. like the most validating, like this makes sense. <laughs> Which it's fucking hot, hot, hot up in Northern California right now. Fresno is awful. Which let's pause everything. We haven't talked about how the, like your wife has a green card. Oh yeah. 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 That was amazing. Thanks dude. Thanks for bringing it. Yeah. Finally, after three, three years of 
just bogus narnar. We uh, we went down to Fresno to the um, to UCIS to take our interview to show that we were a true married couple. And uh, yeah, like it went really just quick and easy, man. Like uh, unless there's something really sketch about like your like marriage or something or if you're faking it, it, it just goes like it should just be fine, you know? Yeah. Like it, we didn't even realize like when we were doing the interview that we were like doing the meat and potato part of the interview when he was just asking us about things that we were doing with conventions and through the years, like talking about our toys. And I think, you know, you can just, I mean, dude, how do you fake being married if you're really married? You know, how do yeah. you look like fake marriage when you fucking are, you know, dude, you're with your wife for three years, dude, are you going to look like it's fake? Like, it's just like, Oh, so it was pretty rad to like, just go down there do what we had to do. And within an hour we'd gotten the message that had been approved and generally you have to wait a week to 30 days yeah so it was such a relief it was really neat and like it was it was a much better experience than last year when you know we we found out a day after our interview that we had an interview that we didn't even yeah. get to make it. that was yeah it's one thing yo if there's anybody who's listening to this or you later on running into anybody like yo they make it seem so much more gnarly on YouTube or immigration attorneys that it's going to be hard to fucking convince them. And you have to really work on things. You need to make sure that you've got everything right. And like, it doesn't matter if you're really married or not. You need to like be worried. Fuck that. That's a racket, dude. That is some shit to generate money. Dude, if you're really married and it's not some crazy like wackadoo like circumstances, you know, it's just straightforward. Hey, I'm married and one of us isn't fucking a resident just go and do it alone. You're fine. You know, like it's, uh, it's not as intimidating, scary, or fucked up as, uh, all the YouTube tutorials make it out to be because we studied the living snot out of it. You know, we, yeah. we wanted to go in, we didn't want to have to deal with any more headaches or anything. And yeah, if there's any takeaway for anybody who ever goes through that or listening to this, it's like, it is not half as sketchy as they make it out to be. It's, it's super chill. Yeah. You know? When you said like, that no, message, about like, oh, we're going to Fresno. I laughed so hard. Like, what a shitty place to go. I'm from there. It sucks. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing, man. It's just, I haven't been to Fresno since I was there with Silverstein, you know, back oh, like, yeah, yeah. like when they took Hawthorne. Like that was like, maybe it was the first victory tour, like where it was victory tour. I don't know. They fucking took Hawthorne Heights and Aiden out. That was like, they were the two openers, you know, like yep. we're going to get these bands or whatever. And I remember there was like, it was a Italian restaurant or something like fake grapes and vines and shit like that. Am I on like, no, no, you're right. I, I can't yeah, remember yeah. there. It's, there's a bunch of those that have all the same dumbass aesthetic. No, nah, man, that was awesome. That was great. In contrast <laughs> to some of these other places that we go to, that was, I mean, shit, man, it actually stuck out in my memory and uh, I've, I've had my head hit cement so many times that, something stays in there it's it's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man yeah fresno fresno was interesting um we didn't we we uh <sighs> you know dude we all gotta come from somewhere and uh there's, there's worse places to be than fresno and uh if you're not using hard drugs you know it's not the worst place <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's so true and, and that is a like man looking back at some of the people like you don't make it out of Fresno. Usually if you're there, you're born there. If you can't make it out right when you exit high school, you're not getting out, which is yeah. tough. No, it makes sense, man. It's, it's, it is a bummer. And like, it just, you know, 
I've got, you know, an OU and a few other homies from there. And it's just like, yeah, like it's, it's like around here, same, like alcoholism is huge in this area, man. Yeah. Like to the point where like two out of three of my drinking buddies are dead, you mm-hmm. know, from like when I stopped drinking and they kept going like, and just like same thing in Fresno, man. Like, yeah, there's a lot of sketchy. There's a lot of reasons why once you uh, can um, get hemmed up or caught up or stay places, not by choice that it will uh, keep you there. Yeah. Were you able to make it to that toy shop, the vault? Um, no, we, uh, we, I don't think it was open or something like that. Yeah. Went by, um, yeah. And I was looking for tattoo shops too, maybe, but I mean, it was just one of those things where it was so fucking stressful the night before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And afterwards we went and did the interview and it was just like, okay, let's just like, let's go, let's go home. Cause it was so stressful then it's it just like, you know, it would have been cool to get some tattoos and check out the toy shops at the same time. It was just such a relief to at least get it done without even knowing if it was going to pass or not, just to finally have that monkey off her back. So we didn't, we just dipped. Yeah. To see the the coolest uh, video that I've ever seen you do is the video right after that happened. You and Horsey Boo were sitting and you're just talking about it. That's a breath of fresh air. Like you can just, in that video, you there's a feeling that everything's done. Yeah. Dude, it's something where we didn't even realize how psychologically taxing it was for both of us. And like when we got home, like fortunately being able to make our schedules, dude, we slept for like a day and a half for the first day just because the stress was gone. Like she, she was legal. Like that was it. So like our bodies just let go of all of this we were holding on to. And we slept like for almost a day and a half, just like woke up, felt like hazy, go back to sleep. Then another day, like for the rest of the half of the day, we just kind of like just getting our bearings. And like, it was just so stressful to the point where like, we didn't know how much it affected us till it was gone. And then our bodies were finally releasing all of it and letting us like process it. Like, yeah, yeah, I I, I think that I I fully would agree with you, man. Like the lightness and just finally it's over, you know, Mm -hmm. like whatever's going to happen, it's happened. You know, it's like standing in line, watching everybody get kicked in the balls before you. Hey yeah. dude, at least it's over with. It might've sucked in my own sketchy. You don't have to worry about anything anymore. So at least that's over with, you know? Yeah. Which is so sick. So that means you guys are able to fly all over the U S and everything that like what's happening, going to cons, going to things. What are you doing? Yeah, that's, that's uh right now we're, we're uh, saving up to travel. You know, yeah. we got to, that's uh that costs money but um you know the big plan is to eventually get out to new york fly out to new york and stay out there for a few days uh and um just she hasn't been out there before that's when uh our our story really begins because we'd gone on a few dates before i went to new york and then when i was in new york i was just texting her and staying up to like six in the fucking morning talking to her and that's not normal i don't fuck do that so it's like it's special to be able to take her there and like just her experience the whole new york and like where i was at and where our relationship started to really take a, a hold i don't know that's yeah, that's the plan right now that's about it oh and holy shit yeah yeah we're gonna go to estonia she ain't been back to estonia since she got here 10 years ago so we're gonna go to estonia and uh, go visit her mom and see her island of muhu and um uh, I think they're going to skin a, I think they'll get a bear and cut it open 
and then they're going to feed me some kind of drink or something. They're going to put me in the bear. So my face is sticking out and there's a bear. <laughs> and then they're going to put me, they're going to put me in a hut and she's going to be wearing a flower dress crying. And they're going to light me on fire. And I'm just keep on telling her, like, I don't know if I'm coming because I don't want to be burned in the bear suit. Yeah. I, you started that story and I think you were drawing me in because I thought that shit was real. <laughs> what dude you ain't seen midsummer that's what it, it's yeah once you said the bear suit i was like oh you ass dude <laughs> <laughs> i'm scared man yeah. I, I, I don't know man come on like it's estonia dude no yeah. like estonia is fucking like bear suit burning me here or that or that's where encino man came from Linkovich that's you know, and what are they going to do? Have me eating frogs like that they cook with a Bunsen burner. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's rad. You, like, you get to go back and see where she's from and all that stuff. What's it? I mean, you're covered in tattoos. I'm just always interested in seeing what the cultural view on those things is. You see, you've gotten so much further along in the process than I have. I'm still just hung up. I'm totally hemmed up on being burned alive in a bear. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I can't get past that. I'm just like, well, I'm going to die out there. Yeah. Dude, that's okay. I didn't even think about the fact that, like, I look the way I look. Um, I don't think anybody will give a shit, man. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I forget. You know, like I feel like Frankenstein and Monster Squad. I forget, like, scary. Yeah. Scary. I forget that, like, I look like the way I look, or like that it might be like confusing. Cause even in my small town, I'm a normie, you know, people know my name, you know, I'm a toy maker and stuff. So it's like, I, yeah, I, I don't think they'll give a fuck, man. I mean, yeah, it's not as crazy as people say. Like, I've, I've been yeah. all over the world and there's not, no one ever says anything. They just stare yeah. at you. Yeah, dude, and look at all the color and like straight lines and like it's it's, it's very obvious I didn't get these in prison and it's obvious I'm not some like badass that like killed someone, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's just like that whole thing, like I don't think that will be there where anybody's giving me funny looks or anything. And yeah, I shit, I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, just have her just do me a favor. If she does put you in a bear suit, have her take a picture and post it so we can at least see what's happening. Yeah, I'll, I'll do you one better, dude. I will commission you to be the official man who can make the toy of Dollar Slice in the burning bear suit. Man. There we go. Just put a fucking fat blunt in my mouth. <laughs> Just we're going out in style. Dude, broccoli wands are going to cast their spells even as my ghost takes flight, you know? Love that. So you, I mean, that you've had so much happen, like all the stress is being released. Like you're finally fully settled in your new studio, right? Yeah, dude, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, so I have not had a secure, steady, safe, like non-evacuated studio. It's been like years, you know, like I moved to Pasadena, then I moved back up here. Then I moved to like my studio in one spot. And then there was the fire and I never totally got set up from the one spot. And then I moved to another spot after the fire. And then we moved, moved here. And like it's been about two and a half years of inconsistent workspaces. And uh, dude, having done this for seven years and 
just all the different intuitive like aspects were stored in my brain. Like this place is exactly how I want it to be set up exactly where I want things. And like, I definitely took notes from all the years I've gone to suck lords and hung out in the studio and worked like for, you know, whenever like adopting certain aspects. So I was like, that's fucking brilliant. I'm doing that, you know? And yeah. Certain aspects again, like I, I, fuck, I guess <laughs> I'm like saying this right now. It's like, wow, I've had a really privileged perspective, but like also like killer bootlegs, like work studio as well. You know, I've adopted certain aspects. I like to piss as well. Cause I don't know if it's still, yeah, it's still in the basement. He's got his in his basement and it's just fucking like, it's like hanging out in like a, like a cool like game room or something. But by the way, it's where killer bootlegs, killers his bootlegs, you know? Yeah. So like that, like between like the way more, or uh, Morgan's shop is set up like a uh, very like manufacturer banging shit out art studio, like stuff on the floor. And then Peter's is like, kicking it in your fucking rad weed dealers like awesome space with the cool tv and cool toys all around and they're making cool art while they're doing it kind of thing i just tried to add both those on top of my own dollar slicey you know ways of things are you know like i got my air mattress and my tauntaun uh sleeping bag for when i'm pulling the long nights here and you know just want to sleep instead of driving home you know yeah I, I hate driving at night after one thirty or two, man. I look too exciting. And if a police officer pulls me over, they try to detain me for way too long. And I got yeah. my dog with me too. And I just dogs shoot or dogs, pigs shoot pit bulls just because of the way they look. So it's just, yeah, I just, I'm paranoid like that. So I like to sleep here instead. <laughs> yeah. You have every, every reason to be, I mean, yeah, I, uh, my best friend just got a tattoo on the side of his head not that long ago. And it was like, I told him, I was like, Hey, like you already are covered in tattoos. Like police officers seem to make that a target sometimes. Like, yeah. This little anchor dude. So this little anchor got guns pulled on me about six months after I got it. And that's all I had. I didn't have anything else on my face, but I ran out of gas on highway 17 between San Jose to Santa Cruz. And I was on the side with my emergency lights on waiting for AAA. and a CHP came up and, um, fucking, gun drawn came with like as soon as he saw my face he's like i need you to get out of the car <laughs> just like am i gonna fucking die right now and he pats me down and he's like okay now i want you to drive to this spot like over here and it's like i'm gonna die and uh so i pull over there and he comes back up with the gun drawn and he's like okay i need you to get back out again and i need to pat you down and he's like you could have get, taken a weapon out while you were pulling over and uh by the way they were pushing me i wasn't driving because i was already out of gas um and the he turns to the rookie he's like see that you he's you know we we don't know about him <laughs> so that's the way they train him just off yeah. the bat not even all this just this and then the next time i dealt with a cop was he detained me for 45 minutes i kept passing all the sobriety tests and he was determined to arrest me so finally, one of the backups came that he'd called for, and he's like, yeah, like, you know, been running these and like, look at his eyes. And he's like, okay, but he's passing all of these. His eyes are like that. That's part of what makes him him. And he turned, he's like, you can go. Like, dude, they, the cops are scary. Uh, every experience I've had with them is like 
very, very threatening. <laughs> yeah. Like, Holy fuck shit. me for running out of gas on the highway with a fucking anchor on my face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is smaller than a fucking dime. <laughs> Jeez. And you were the target. Yeah. Or, you know, fuck me for being sober, for yeah. continually passing the sobriety tests. Yeah. Holy Dude, shit. It was 3.30 in the morning. I'm standing outside in my car in shorts. And he's like, why are you shaking? And it's like, ah, oh, dude, I'm cold. Then in my mind, I'm like, fuck you, dude. I'm freezing. And you're working your ass off to arrest me. This is terrifying. Yeah. There's a hand cannon pointed at me. I could get deleted right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just avoid it. <laughs> I just yeah. stay away from it. Yeah. All right. All I right. want to hear about what's going down, where you're headed, um, and then what we can expect from the big DSB at designer con well actually comic-con because this will come out before comic-con so okay tight okay great and this is this is awesome because the stuff will actually be around rad dude well thanks this has been fun and i appreciate you uh riding the wave with me uh so we were carved it all the way through yeah, um, yeah. so yeah uh coming up i've got my designer conference <clears throat> okay so coming up there's my <laughs> san diego comic-con uh exclusive um that is dropping um what is thursday the is it the fucking look at the date for me man are you looking uh thursday the 22nd all right so thursday the 22nd at 6 or 5 p.m pacific standard time i'm dropping 20 um of whitey the fragile shooter figures uh it features a lot of fucked up shit uh, on the back, there's a very exciting interpretation of Adam Bomb. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the you, you get that exclusive shine there. Um, I've been teasing the art for what's going to be on the back. Well, now you can paint the picture on your head. There's going to be an incredibly awesome version of Adam Bomb on the back to add some uh, extra fun to the whole uh, bootleggy aspect of it. I'll be having my Your Very Special with Dollar Slice episodes for the DKE cons for DKE Toys. That will be the 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th at 3 p.m. Uh, Sunday, I should be having uh, something extra special with a uh, special friend of mine um, who, uh, if you watch, if you've been a fan of the Warp Tour, Drive Through Records, main stage artists uh, through the years, like, Hey, maybe you'll figure it out, but I've got a homie who's hopefully going to play us a few songs on Sunday. It's going to be extra fun. I, I definitely know you'll, uh, you will be excited. You're going to be like, what the fuck? This? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. So I just got, I'm waiting back to see you on that. Um, Friday, you're very special. I've got uh, State of the Dollar Slice Union and uh, talking about the scene and what's going on. Saturday, I've got my review show again, like I did last year. Um, I've got, you know, artists sending me in pieces to talk about uh, their pieces. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I've been getting some pieces. It's fun. Uh, this year, I'm not even opening them till, till I'm, you know, doing it live. Love that. I got your package that uh, either way, I'm opening it live on uh, for your very special. I'm saving that. And... Um, Sunday, uh, I've got a very special guest. I'm going over the uh, Kickstarter campaign figures, uh, the Strike Force Alpha Team, by my good buddy Matthew Lacroix. Uh, there are some amazing fucking O-ring style Joe figures that 
He's got um, kickstarting right now. They're almost a halfway funded. And uh, I've been um, lucky enough that he's sending me the resin prototypes. And uh, I'm going to talk about those for a little bit, show those off, uh, aware of the folks about them that might not know about them. And uh, at the end of that, hopefully uh, we'll have some, uh, some sick, some sweet tunes to, to rock out to for a moment. Uh, for Decon, um, you know, that's so far ahead. There should be some slaughter bots. I have a crusty meditation I'll be putting out. Um, this year, for the most part, me and Horsey Boo are treating it like a, uh, just a, we're just going to play the hits this year. We're going to have a few originals, new things, but we're going to dive back into the library and uh, dust a few things off and uh, bring them back for the people, give uh, folks more chances to own stuff that maybe uh, haven't been so accessible in the past and that people want, we've been getting asked for. And uh, that's, that's about what I can think of for designer con. Uh, there's, there's, I know there's some pieces I'm completely neglect. Oh yeah, I think we've got the uh, the the Mace Tawani exclusive too coming out, and the piece that I, I just know that is going to cause a big fucking a big old fuss the second that it is announced, and it will be available at the show. And once the show's over, it won't be available, and that's just the way it's going to be because I've dealt with people uh, these people before, um, and they've lost their minds before, and. I can only imagine how much I'm going to provoke uh, even greater losing their minds this time with this release. So it is what it is. And the people have uh, spoken, you get what you want and it's going to be radical. Um, yeah. One more thing, dude. Some, and then I'll let you go. Recently I had a rock star client come up and hit me up for a toy. And it was really intimidating because I was like, holy fuck, this guy's on Saturday Night Live, like he's a rock star. Holy shit. So I've told you in the past, Skinner, I hit up the artist Skinner. Skinner's like one of my mentors. I consider him greatly. So to be a great source of wisdom. So this is the thing, man. I was intimidated by this client. And we can all relate. It doesn't matter if it's a rock star or if it's someone who just you look up to or respect. I was intimidated by this person. Skinner fucking said it to me the best anybody could have said it. And since then, I have not been scared or worried about anything ever again that comes my way from any kind of client. Check this out. So that dude does cool shit. He said, you, that guy does cool shit. You do cool shit too. So even if you don't end up getting the job, you still get to keep doing cool shit. Mm. And that's what we do, man. We do cool ass shit. So it doesn't matter what falls through because as long as you keep doing it, you're doing cool shit. So what the fuck ever? It's just a wave, ride it. So Skinner, fucking brilliant. It doesn't matter. Yo, you get the job, you don't, you're still doing something rad. So no sweat. Gravy train, biscuit wheels, either way. Rad. That's 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 how we're leaving this episode. Right there. <laughs> Radical.
new from Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.